Hello, this is Leslie Grappa-Tenzer, and this is Law to Fact. In this episode, we're talking about five myths about taking the LSAT. episode, Steve Schwartz, LSAT tutor extraordinaire, returns to talk about five myths about taking the LSAT. It's an essential listen for those of you thinking about taking the LSAT, taking the LSAT, or those who've taken the LSAT and want to take it again. As Steve says in an earlier episode, even one point can translate into a few more dollars or a few more choices as you apply to law school. If you're new to Law to Fact, I invite you to listen to our other podcasts. They're mostly for students who are going to law school. But you'll be going to law school soon enough. So if you want to learn some important elements of law, take a listen. Once again, it's time for my plea. If you could rate us or subscribe to us on any of the platforms on which you listen to us, or like us on social media platforms, I would really appreciate this. What keeps me going is knowing that I'm helping law students learn the law. And the more feedback I get, the more inspired I am. And as always, you can contact us. You can reach us at gmail at lawtofact at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at lawtofact. And all of our episodes are available at all times at www.lawtofact.com. So even if you're not taking constitutional law now, know that this episode, like every other one, will be available when the right time comes. If you're listening to Law to Fact, chances are at some point you'll be taking the bar exam. Well, getting ready for the bar exam means you'll need to choose the study program that's right for you. Kaplan Bar Review will get you ready to take on test day with confidence by offering $100 off live and on-demand bar review with offer code LESLIE100. Visit www.kaplanbarreview.com today to sign up. And here's my discussion with Steve Schwartz. Thanks so much for joining us. I am actually in the middle of going to the Law School Admission Council forums, which are for students who are thinking about going to law school. And as we discussed in our last podcast, every point can mean more dollars in scholarship money for them. And so I wanted to revisit some of the things that you shared with me. I, I think you are so outstanding in what you're doing. So could you talk about the top five myths that um, people may have about the LSAC? Yeah, sure. And of course, and thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure to connect <laughs> with your listeners and provide LSAT advice as always. So one of the biggest myths I see is that you only need two to three months to prep for the LSAT. And that's how long most traditional prep courses run. That's what's practical from a logistical perspective. But in practice, you typically need closer to five to six months in order to reach your fullest potential. And so you could take a course and then allow a few months afterwards to refine your skills, take some more full-length exams, or if you're going the self-study route, you could lengthen your study timeline where you allow more time for building the foundation, more time for practice, and more time for full-length exams. So when you say you need five to six months, do you mean full-on heavy studying five to six months, or do you mean kind of starting slow and immersing yourself? I would say more slow, the latter, slow and steady. So maybe 10, 15 hours a week. You can't do 30 hours a week on the LSAT over that long a period or you'll burn out. Right. So I would say shorter, uh, less per week, but spread over a long period of time is what typically leads to the best results. Perfect. Uh, Okay, number two. Sure. All right, so number two (laughs) is diagnostic tests. A lot of folks will take a diagnostic and get discouraged by it. Take diagnostic results 
with a grain of salt. They're not an indication of how you will ultimately do. They will just tell you what you already know, which is that you don't know the LSAT yet, and that's okay. It can be nice to serve as a benchmark later when you have improved significantly, but don't get too wrapped up in that initial score. All right. So, you know, that's interesting too, because students talk about diagnostics and, you know, they got a 162 on the diagnostic and a 148 on the LSAT and that kind of thing. So I hear what you're saying. When, is there ever a time when the diagnostic is a good predictor? And I guess when I say, is there ever a time, I mean, is there ever a time in the timing between taking the diagnostic and taking the LSAT? Here's where it could be useful. Let's say someone has studied a bit, they took the LSAT and they want to retake. In that instance, the results of that later exam, which is not really an initial diagnostic, but maybe more of a midway diagnostic, it could show you where you might want to focus more. So if you took, let's say someone takes the LSAT, they get their the scores, the, the test form is released, they see where they went wrong, they could know, okay, I have to focus on logical reasoning in particular, or focus even on, on a particular question type moving forward. Getting a sense of your weak areas is incredibly useful, but I wouldn't take it to measure what your ultimate score will be. Got it. All right, number three. Number three, not using real official LSAT questions. People go online, they Google for freely available questions. LSAC has a few, but a lot of companies put out fake simulated questions because they don't want to pay the licensing fee to LSAC. And that's unfortunate because there's nothing like the real thing. Use the real official LSAT exams. There are now four when there used to be only one. There's the June 2007 LSAT, but LSAC has since released three new exams in the digital LSAT format on their website at familiar.lsac.org. Use those as your starting point. And then if you need more, you can get the books of exams on Amazon for about 20 bucks each, well worth the investment. All right. So the myth is that other questions are just as good as real LSAT questions. Or even beyond that, that using any old questions perfectly fine. People often go into the bookstore and they get a book like LSAT for Dummies. Oh, and, interesting. There's, so there's nothing like that. the real thing. Nothing like the real thing. Which is, by the way, a very old song and a good song, but <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Um, all right. So that, that's, that's important that there is no substitute for the real thing. And that makes sense because the people who are putting out these four tests that are available are the same people who are writing the LSAT questions. Exactly. And the questions are highly vetted, highly scrutinized, and tested out far more than any other questions under the sun. Got it. All right. So number four. Number four, take exams and don't review. Meaning a lot of folks want to take exams week after week, measure the results, be happy or sad about those results, and then move on. People will say, do a test a day or do all 87 numbered exams in a row one by one consecutively. That's not the way to go about it. I'd rather you do fewer exams and review them in more depth. So, all right. So, so give me like, I'm, I'm taking an exam. I've set aside three hours to take the exam. What do I now do? So now you review, of course, you might want to score. You might want to see how you do. Instead, I would recommend flagging all the questions you got wrong, all the questions you had difficulty with and ask yourself and try them again. First, they were timed. Now try them again untimed and see if you got the same results. If your results varied, then you'll know it wasn't necessarily the difficulty. It was maybe the time constraint. 
Got it. All right. So there's, there's like, I could unpack that in a million ways. Number one, what you're saying is don't take your temperature. The taking the test isn't about seeing how you're doing. Taking the test is more of a diagnostic of what you need to think more deeply about. Exactly. And the second thing that I heard from that one, lots of pearls of wisdom there, is that make, if, if you, if you take, if you look at the ones you did incorrectly, and you go over them and you review them, you're more likely to figure out what you did wrong, which is what can, what's going to help you figure out what you did right, which is the why you're taking the real LSAT questions anyway, because figuring out what you did right on questions that are authored by the person that's going to author the LSAC mm-hmm. is going to do, is going to behoove you in a way that's better than anything else. Exactly. Yeah. So the value in doing these exams, doing these questions is not simply to measure yourself. Measuring yourself is a, is a side benefit or it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a side effect. The real benefit of doing these questions is to figure out what your weak areas are so that you can drill them and analyze those questions, analyze your mistakes. Was it in the argument or was it in the answer choices? Because there are patterns in LSAT question difficulty, patterns in the traps they use. And you've got to figure out which traps you are uniquely prone to falling into so that you won't make those same mistakes again. Excellent. So you're not taking the, well, you're taking the test to see how you're doing, but you're taking the test more to learn how to do it better. That makes sense. You know, it's interesting. So on law school exams, we write law school exams every year and you write a different or a professor writes a different exam every year. But the reality is that you teach the same thing every year. So all you're doing is writing the exam differently to test the same material. And what I'm hearing from you is that's exactly what the LSAC authors are doing. They're writing new LSAC, LSATs to test the same old stuff. So if you can master old LSATs, then you can figure out since they're testing that same stuff on the new LSAT, you'll have a better chance of of answering it well. Exactly. Yeah, there's really nothing new under the sun with this. Got it. All right. And number five. So number five is getting, going to the bookstore, getting a book of exams, and just diving in, taking exam after exam after exam without a plan of attack to learn the fundamentals first. I recommend that you start off with a five-step approach to LSAT prep. I call it the LASER approach to studying. LASER is an acronym standing for learning, accuracy, sections, exams, and review. Okay. I repeat, it one more on time. repeat it Repeat it one more time. Laser is learning, accuracy, sections, exams, and review. Got it. Learning is the fundamentals, learning the theory, learning the basics underlying each question type. Okay. Accuracy is doing individual questions of each type by type categorized so you can start to see the patterns underlying each of them. Okay. Sections, S is for sections, 35-minute timed individual sections to work on your pacing. E is for exams and endurance, doing full-length five-section exams. Mm -hmm. And then R is for review. Got it. Analyzing your mistakes afterwards. Perfect. All right. So summarize again the five myths really quickly. Sure. So the five myths, let me see if I I can go through them all again. (laughs) So not myth number one is two to three months will be enough. In reality, five to six months will better allow you to achieve your fullest potential. Number four is diagnostics, taking them as an indication of your self-worth or as your potential on the exam. They're just a starting point. Number three is 
getting any old book out of the bookstore and using fake LSAT questions when in reality, you want to stick with the real official LSAT questions. Number two is taking exam after exam without reviewing. And number one is taking exam after exam without having a systematic plan of attack to build the foundation first. Perfect. Perfect. And I just want to take a moment and talk about you for a second. You are in New York, you, but you have a website. And so one doesn't have to be in New York to have access to you, right? You, you provide free information on your blog, lsatblog.com. Correct. Right? So, my name is, yep. so my name is Steve Schwartz. Steve Schwartz. I'm sorry. Yes, I, of course. Of course. Sure. <laughs> my name is Steve Schwartz. I run the LSAT blog. I also host the LSAT Unplugged YouTube channel and podcast. I am based in New York but I work with students all over the world. I have plenty of free material. I, in fact, I release 98% of my, of my material for free, but I also have LSAT prep books. I have live online LSAT classes. I also have on-demand video classes, and I do a bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. And so students can reach out to me anytime via email. I'm on Instagram, you can on Facebook, and you can download a free, easy LSAT cheat sheet to get started at bit.ly slash LSAT cheat sheet to get to jump right in. And I'm here to say that my research and my, my summer intern has benefited from your sage advice. And a lot of my students who are not in a position to pay for expensive programs have benefited. And I think that it's just, you're very generous with your experience. You're generous with your knowledge. And I have been at this game for very long. And I have to say, I have never been as impressed as I have been with you in terms of LSAT prep work. So I thank you again for sharing all your information. I encourage students to check out your blog. We'll put links to everything on the liner notes of this um, podcast. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So that's my discussion with Steve Schwartz. You can find his blog at lsatblog.blogspot.com. I highly recommend that you check it out for those of you thinking about taking the LSAT and for those of you who weren't happy with the LSAT score that you had taken before. Again, my podcast, lawtofact.com, is for those of you thinking about or going to law school. And we hope once you take that LSAT and do really well on it, that you come back to us to learn the kind of law that you need to learn to have success once you're in law school. Once again, a reminder that Kaplan Bar Review is offering you $100 off their live and on-demand bar review program. Just use Leslie 100 as your code when you sign on at www.kaplanbarreview.com. Okay, hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week on Law to Fact.